0: Wonderful friends, Welcome to Faith FM, Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Ricardo, Minister to the Prospect International and Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist Churches, right here in Adelaide, the City of Churches. It is a privilege to share God's word with you today, as always. Wherever you're listening from, I pray that you'll be blessed by today's show. And the overall theme for this week has been, if God is all loving and all powerful, why doesn't he fix our world? Well, the big question for today, the big question that we're going to try and answer is, did God create Satan? And today I have Pastor David joining me here at the Faith FM studio, and he is the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Adelaide. Welcome, David. How are you? Good afternoon, Ricardo.
1: It's so wonderful to be with you, and uh, a big shout-out to all of our listeners right across this
0: incredible country. Excellent. Wonderful. Wonderful to have so many listeners across the country. Today I have an article to share, as usual. This is from the Associated Press, published uh, on January 31st, 2024. Uh, And it's, uh, the title says, Auschwitz Survivor, the Christ Rise of the Far Right and Increased Anti-Semitism in Germany. The article says, a Jewish survivor of the Auschwitz death camp, told Germany's parliament Wednesday that she is appalled by the rising strength of the far right in the country and increasing anti-Semitism in the wake of the October 7th Hamas attack that triggered the war in the Gaza Strip. Eva Sepesi, 91 years old, who was born in Hungary and liberated from Auschwitz at age 12 in January 1945, spoke at the Parliament's annual memorial event for victims of the Holocaust. She shared her memories of Nazi persecution and addressed concerns about the current situation in Germany. "'I would like not just for murdered Jews to be remembered on memorial days, but also for living ones to be remembered in daily life. They need protection now,' Zeppesi told lawmakers." Germany saw a significant increase in anti-Jewish incidents following the attack on Israel. Zepesi said some of her readings at schools were called off for security reasons shortly after October 7, and her most recent such events took place under police protection. The Shoah did not begin with Auschwitz. It began with words. It began with society staying silent and looking away, she said. It pains me when school children are again afraid of going to school just because they are Jews. It pains me when my great-grandchildren still have to be protected by police officers with machine guns just because they are Jews. This is sad, David. It's happening right now across the world and... You know, I, I see, I've i seen terrorism in South America for many years. Now this is happening in Europe as it is happening in the Middle East. There's injustice everywhere, we see. Uh, Zepesi also decried the strengthening of the far right in Germany, where recent national polls showed the far right alternative for Germany party in second place with support around 20%. So it's increasing. A recent news report said some party members attended a recent meeting where right-wing extremists discussed deporting millions of immigrants and people with immigrant roots, including some with German citizenship. It appalls me that right-wing extremist parties are again being voted for, Zabesi said. They must not become so strong that our democracy is endangered. Hundreds of thousands of German citizens attended protests against the far right this month. It's great that so many people have taken to the streets in recent weeks to demonstrate against right-wing extremists, Zepesi told Parliament. But I would like these demonstrators also to object loudly among acquaintances and at the workplace when inhuman and anti-Semitic comments are made it's sad to hear really that this is happening uh, nowadays we should know better we would think but these things are still happening you would think we would learn definitely yes but no the same spirit remains in human beings i remember i lived for a year with my great uncle my great auntie uh they are they were from germany and um my great uncle, he lived in, in Europe during the Holocaust. He saw a lot of these atrocities and he was an anti-Nazi and he had to, to escape pretty much because of that reason. And I remember very clearly that he said to me, if God really exists, he would never allow these things. He would have never allowed that to happen. He basically did not believe in such a God for no. that reason. And he said things to me like, um, Christianity is something good because it keeps you out of trouble. It helps you to face the reality of death. But God, he said, how can a God exist and at the same time allow these things? So <laughs> I guess the question for now that we're going to wrestle with is, is God responsible? For all the suffering that the Jews had to endure, or not specifically the Jews, but in general, is he res- responsible? Is God really responsible for the existence of evil in the world? What do you think, David, about this question? Uh, and people this is, asking this that is a question? tough
1: question, isn't it? Because um, this is often what is posited towards Christians, you know, um, how could a good God allow such suffering? Yes. And if God is so good, why is he allowing evil? And if God is so good, why doesn't he step in? Mm-hmm. You know millions of people starving, we think of what's happened in in the Middle East, what's happening in the ukraine and and many many other places. If God is real, if he is what the Bible says he is, if he is all loving, then why isn't he stepping in exactly and um this this is uh, not a challenge for those who are atheists who don't believe in god because if if you don't believe in god and if if you believe in evolution mm. this is survival of the fittest this is the norm mm. Mm. this is what we should expect there is no hope ultimately yes but um the Bible tells us um, that ultimately Satan is the one that will take responsibility for all sin. Now, we all sin, and we each have to take individual responsibility for our sin, mm. but the ultimate um, instigator... The, the one that has uh, caused and began sin, and we'll talk about this in our Bible study further, was a being in heaven, a perfect being called mm-hmm. Lucifer, and uh, later on referred to as Satan, the dragon of old, and the great red serpent. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Satan. Satan mm-hmm. um, uh, has instilled a, a hatred for God and for his law and for his yes. ways, and he is ultimately responsible um, for that. Now, we're responsible for our own sin, when we confess, mm-hmm. um, Jesus' death on the cross covers that sin, forgives us for our sin. But ultimately, um, for God to be a God of love, there also has to be justice. Love and justice have to go together. Otherwise you can't yes. have ultimate love. And so the, the instigator of all sin will ultimately be held to account. Mm. Um, and, and the Bible in, in Revelation chapter 20 gives us mm-hmm. a picture of that, of, um, Satan and his angels being, being thrown into a lake of fire.
0: Right. So the devil, as I'm sure we're going to see today, has been very, very clever, very cunning in portraying a wrong picture of God.
1: Well, I, yeah, he does. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there was times in my childhood where I pictured God as an old mm-hmm. man with a big stick just wanting to mm-hmm. trap me, you know, w- watching scary. me, if you like. Uh, mm. and, the, and he knew where I would go and he was just ready to hit me with a stick. Mm. Um, and that's not a good picture of God. But that's no. the picture that some people have. Um, yes. the other picture is well, Satan doesn't exist. Right. You know, we have um, Valentine's Day coming up. You know, mm-hmm. February fourteen, and and often they, they the the shops are selling these little. Uh, um, fur, fur animals uh, like a like a devil with a pitchfork and <laughs> and horns and a tail. Well, um, I think Satan has been so cunning at deceiving mm. people that he, he makes people believe there's no such thing. You know, no right. one's there with a pitchfork and it's horns. Good for and him. It's yeah. good for him. Yeah. So he wants people to think he doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. That God is responsible for exactly. all this. If God exists, he has to be responsible. Yes. It's interesting. Um, Ricardo, when we go to the Old Testament book of Job, it, it's an incredible story where I guess the cover is pulled back, the 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 curtains are pulled back on actually who is ultimately responsible. And um, Job is believed to have been the first um, the first book that was written, if you like. Mm-hmm. And uh, Job is a wise man; he's an incredibly wealthy man. Uh, He lived in the east, and he is a rich man. You know, he's got Mm. uh, seven sons and three daughters. He's got 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. He was rich. Yes. And it says he was upright. He would pray for his children would regularly uh, feast Mm -hmm. together in their house. And um, uh, when when Job knew they were feasting, It says in verse 5 of Job chapter 1, So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. Mm -hmm. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did this regularly. So he was Mm -hmm. a faithful man. And um, then we get this picture So we get to see behind the scenes, verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. These are beings um, from other realms, if you like, perhaps. Uh, They came to present themselves before the Lord, and it says, And Satan also came Mm. among them. And the Lord said, this is God saying to Satan, From Mm -hmm. where did you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, Mm -hmm. one who uh, fears God and shuns evil? And then Satan says, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have (laughs) you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? Mm. You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all Mm. that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. So Job is saying, sorry, uh, Satan is saying to God, Job only... um, aligns himself with you, follows you because you're a sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. you give him everything. he is rich, he is wealthy, he has need of nothing. Right. your hand of protection is over him. if some of that is removed, mm. Satan is saying he will turn from you. in other words it's not true love. so God took the challenge I think. yeah and and um, and that's exactly what he did um, because yeah verse 11 but now stretch out your hand Satan says, touch all that he has and he'll surely curse you to his face. Mm-hmm. it's not real love. Mm-hmm. Verse 12, And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power, only do not lay a hand on his person. Mm-hmm. And then we read, if we continue to read the story, Satan destroys everything, kills his children, his flocks are destroyed and his herds and or stolen. Uh, he loses everything except for... His life and wife, man. His life and his wife. And his life, He he's given this in terrible scourge on oh, his body yes. with sores that he's scraping with pieces of broken pottery. Uh-huh. He's in complete agony. There's yes, no yes, yes, yes. no balm or, or, or something to alleviate his, his mm. itchiness and his scratching and his pain. And then his wife, I feel sorry for his wife. We often give her a hard time. Mm. She comes along and says, just curse God and die. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. She was totally frustrated.
1: Yeah. Well, you imagine she's lost ten children, yeah, yeah. and everything they ever have, mm. and um, Satan spares her life, perhaps so she can be the last, yes, uh, last thing, if you like, uh, not a thing, the last being, last person that can can put the knife into
0: Job. Yeah. If I remember correctly, when when fire came down from heaven and destroyed some of the um, Job's um, animals. Uh, the servant said something like, "The fire from God came and and destroyed this." Is that right? It's yeah. they are already blaming God. It was it was Satan doing all these things. But and, and back then,
1: the the belief was that uh, um, God was responsible, and it was judgment, etc. Mm-hmm. So so, Job one and and, and onwards tells us that. God is not the author of suffering and pain. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. is perfect. When he made everything, he made it good. Yet we live in a world, and we're going to discover in our study, where there is another force, Satan. Mm-hmm. And he is the author of evil. And he, uh, we know in Revelation 12, um, mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 12 tells us that um, it says here, and I'm going to find the verse, It says, therefore rejoice, O heaven, verse 12, rejoice, Mm. O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the Mm. sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath Mm. because he knows that his time is short. In other words, Mm. Satan is angry with a group of people, which we might unpack if we get time today, Revelation Mm. 12. He's angry with them and he's filled with wrath. And so he goes about knowing he's on limited lifespan. Mm -hmm. His life is going to end that he wants to cause as much havoc and Mm. pain and suffering as he can. And blaming God for it as well. And blaming God for it. Mm. Now, for the Christian, we do have a challenge though, right? Mm. Um, God is all-powerful. And if he's all-powerful, why doesn't he step in and stop suffering? And that's the question, Mm. listener, that's the question (laughs) that's going to be answered tomorrow evening on Faith
0: FM Drive Time, tomorrow evening. Mm -hmm. You need to listen to that presentation. Yes. In in Spanish we have a saying. I'm not sure if it's the same in English, but it goes like this: um, you throw the stone and then you hide your hand. Okay. Uh, have you heard that in English? No. Uh, maybe in Spanish only. So it means that you know it's like the devil. He throws a stone. He causes trouble, but then he hides the hand and, and blames, blames someone God.
1: else. Yes. No, that's perfectly. Right. Now there are times where many times where God doesn't step in to stop suffering, mm. and He has the power to do so. And there are times when he does. Mm. And and um, the Bible paints a picture that there is a time coming where God is going to right every wrong, where Amen. God, he is already in human history, but where he'll step in and end suffering. Uh, Revelation 21 tells us when God creates a new heaven and a new earth that there'll be no mm. more pain, sickness, suffering, mourning, crying yeah. or death. I can't wait. And we can't begin to understand that. Mm. But that's what God will do.
0: Amazing. All right. Uh, thank you, David, for your input. Let's come to some music. We have uh, the song Ancient Words. Holy
2: words long preserved For our walk in this world They resound with God's heart Oh, let the ancient words in ever true changing
0: Ancient Words, Keith Lancaster and the A Cappella Company. Beautiful song. Now, uh, today uh, we have a fantastic giveaway for you listeners. It is the book called Finding Calm in Chaos of Life. And I think we can all relate to this book because we've always run into difficult situations in life that can cause stress and um, rob us of our Um, joy and uh, balanced life so um, if you aim for a joyful and happy life and wish to have total health even in the imperfection of this world follow the suggestion of Jesus he said remain in me and I will remain in you John 15 verse 4 what happens when Jesus remains in us what happens when we remain or spend time with him wonderful things happen with uh, our mind and, and body as well A growing body of scientific evidence indicates that faith, prayer, hope, forgiveness, which is not easy, but we can do it in God's power, and trust are beneficial to our physical and emotional health. Dr. Julian Melgosa uses biblical examples and personal illustrations to demonstrate how essential it is that we partner with Christ in dealing with the all-too-human experiences of depression, anger, Guilt and stress. Would you like to have a nice sleep every night with a clear conscience? Then maybe this is the book to read. Abiding in Jesus, being in intimate connection with Him is the way to foster spiritual growth, well being, and happiness. Does this sound like something you would like to experience? Then all you need to do is text a code that I will give you at the end of the program to the number 04-888-808-11. I'll repeat the number. 4 808 I'll give you the code that you need to text in to that number and you will get a free copy of this amazing book. So don't forget, text us in uh, to this number. Also, if you have any questions during the program, uh, even after the program, uh, any feedback, any prayer requests please send in your text. We would love to hear your feedback. We would love to hear from you. And uh, we're always keen to to get back to you at um, any time. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back, dear listeners. You are listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, bq and right across Australia with Pastor Ricardo My co-host today is Pastor David, and Pastor David is the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in Adelaide, in South Australia. This week, we're following the theme called If God is all-loving and all-powerful, why doesn't He fix our world? Have you, dear listener, asked yourself that question? That is a fair question, I think. And the big question that we're going to deal with today is did God create Satan? Is it is it God's fault? So, uh, David, does Satan really exist? And if so, who created him? Really good questions. And there are some
1: groups that claim to be Christian that uh, do not believe that Satan is a literal being. And mm. and personally, from what I believe and understand from Scripture and what the Scriptures say. Um, Satan would love that, to think that people don't believe they actually exist, because then if you're an unbeliever and if uh, you question if there is a God, clearly God can be the only one responsible for all evil. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bible is very clear on this topic. So some really tough questions. Did God create Satan? The simple answer, um, Ricardo, is no. Mm -hmm. God didn't create Satan. Uh, In fact, um, when we go back to to scripture itself and the very first chapter in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 verse 31, mm-hmm. it lets us know there that everything God made was good. It says, then God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. So everything. there was nothing that God made that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the verse we've just read, Genesis one thirty-one, says that uh, indeed it was very good. So everything he made
2: mm.
1: was very good. And everything means everything. Everything means everything, mm. and not just good, but he says very good. Mm. Um, so the next question would be, though, well, if God made everything, did he also create sin? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, James chapter one. Now James uh, in the New Testament, he's a brother of Jesus. James one: thirteen says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil' nor does he himself tempt anyone. Mm -hmm. So God allows people like Job to be put through a test, Mm -hmm. but he didn't tempt or test Job. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Satan did. Um, Sometimes God allows, sometimes he doesn't, but God doesn't cause. So God did not create sin. Um. And I guess another verse that would show that would be Habakkuk in the Old Testament, uh, chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. And it says there, Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? You are of purer eyes than to behold evil Mm -hmm. and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? So this is a cry out to God to step into act. But it begins by saying, um, your eyes can't behold evil. You cannot look mm. on wickedness.
0: How could he create something that he doesn't want to behold
1: and can't look at? Absolutely. Mm. Um, John one five uh, in the New Testament, beautiful book of John, says, "This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all." Mm. Now, light and darkness in, in, in the Gospel of John and even other places represent a good and evil. Light yes, being yes. good, darkness being evil. And, and we use that in analogies as well in everyday speech or Christian speech at least. Um, so John 1.5 says that God is light. There is no darkness, no sin, mm-hmm. if you like, in him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And um, God then cannot be the originator of evil mm-hmm. according to Scripture. Um, in fact, what we've just looked at in John 1.5, where it says that he is, uh, he is light, God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all, there is a complete contrast. And we're going to go back in a minute, but John 8.44, mm-hmm. a really powerful text. Jesus is engaged with the religious leaders of his day. And you and I were speaking off air mm-hmm. about uh, some stern words that Jesus yes. said. And it's interesting, who did he most often share the most sternest rebukes to?
0: The church leaders. The church leaders.
1: Mm. And um, Jesus, there's this, uh, the church leaders would often follow Jesus around yes. and seek to trap him.
0: Mm, unfortunately.
1: And complain, mm. and, and they wanted to destroy him. Mm. It's interesting, in John chapter 11, um, Lazarus is raised from the dead mm-hmm. uh, by Jesus, by his voice. Mm. Lazarus, come forth. Three words. And then I think it's in chapter twelve of John, uh, or it might be later on in the chapter eleven. But certainly in that same story, mm-hmm. we read that um, the Jewish leaders uh, then go away to, to plot to kill him. To plot to kill him. Yes. Here is the author oh. of life. So the religious leaders were continually there to harass, harangue, and try and be the downfall of Jesus. And he he had reserved some of his most sternest words for the religious leaders. But you added something before in our conversation off air. Jesus.
0: I think he said to them, you are of your father, the devil.
1: Yeah, so this is verse 44. Mm -hmm. He says, um, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. Mm -hmm. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Mm -hmm. because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it.
2: Mm. That's pretty
1: stern. Can you imagine being told you're from your father the devil?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, I would
1: certainly be offended. (laughs) Absolutely. So Jesus basically says to the religious Mm. leaders, you're from your father the devil, Your desires uh, and the desires of your father you want to do. You want to follow what the devil does. Mm. And Jesus says the devil was a murderer from the beginning. And the father of... Father of lies. Lies. And he doesn't stand in truth because there's no truth in him. Yes. So Jesus says in the Gospel of John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. Also in John, Jesus says that uh, there is no truth in Satan.
0: So God is... Jesus is the truth, but Satan is the father of lies. And that, that phrase... Uh, means that he's the originator, the father, the yep. originator yep. Of, the, of lies. He, yeah,
1: exactly. So what we have, what we've just been talking about in John, first um, uh, John one, it was um, that he's he is um, he is light, and there is no darkness in him. That's Jesus. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. in John eight, um, he is the father of lies. There is no truth in him. There is this complete contrast. between We have good and evil, if you like. Mm -hmm. And often this this, uh, theme that um, is a great overarching theme of Scripture Mm -hmm. uh, between good and evil is called a great conflict Mm -hmm. or, as some would call it, the great controversy between Mm -hmm. good and evil. Mm -hmm. And when we understand that God is not the author of pain, evil and suffering and we understand that there is an evil force that the Bible calls Satan or Lucifer or the deceiver from the beginning or the mm-hmm. serpent of old, um, when we understand that, we realize there is a battle going on for the hum- every human being, whether they will worship God or worship Satan, whether they will follow God yes. or follow evil. Yes. And we call this the great controversy mm-hmm. between good and evil. So God is perfect. The, the remark you made before when we said that Jesus reserved some of his sternest rebukes for the religious leaders, mm. your comment was, we also need to remember that Jesus died for them.
0: Oh, true. He was willing to die for those that he was rebuking. That's right.
1: So, even though he rebuked, it wasn't a rebuke just to, uh, it wasn't a rebuke to tear someone down. Mm. Because he chose to die for them. It was, mm-hmm. He wanted to make them pull away their blindness so they could yes. see what they really were like. That was his ultimate goal, to save them. Absolutely. So God is not the author of sin or of uh, pain or of suffering. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, do you yes. know,
1: I was reading on, on a media channel, Bloomberg, and uh, it, an article dated the 10th of December last year. And it says, an authoritative new study finds there are 183 regional and local conflicts underway in 2023, the highest number in three decades. Mm. So in December, uh, this report was done saying that in 2023 thus far to date, there had been 183 regional or local conflicts, in other words, wars mm. or battles, mm-hmm. the highest in three decades. Wow. So we live in a world of years. war. Mm. But the Bible tells us there was a place where war began, right where it fully originated.
0: You would not think of uh, such a place being at war.
1: No, and Ricardo, I'm wondering if you can read for us um, from the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12 and if you would read for us verse seven and eight and share with us about this first war,
0: okay? Verse 7 says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. So we need to know who the dragon is. Verse 8 says, But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So that means that up until that point, they had some you know, place in heaven. And then verse 9, actually, verse yeah, nine says, well. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth, and his angels was cast out with him. So the first war ever recorded, mm.
1: not even just ever recorded, that ever took place, mm. occurred in a place Christians call heaven, a place mm. of perfection.
0: That's a mystery.
1: And this is not a war with uh, weapons, physical weapons and guns or knives or whatever.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's a war of words. It's a war of ideals. It's a war of character. Mm -hmm. It's a war between truth and error.
0: True.
1: And we get an insight into this. The prophet Ezekiel gives us an insight into this first war and Satan's rebellion against God. And that's found in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 14 and 15. Ezekiel 28, 14 and 15. And it says there, you were referring to Satan, the dragon of old. Um, it says there, do you want to read it, actually, Ricardo? Verses 14 and 15 of Ezekiel sure. 28. Verse 14
0: and 15. It says, You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. Now this is really interesting. Remember Uh, we said in, in Genesis 1
1: that it said everything that God made was good, in fact, very good. Yes. So the first book of the Bible, the first chapter, yes. tells us that everything God made mm. was good. In fact, at the end of every day of creation, it says... Mm. And
0: Exceedingly good. Lord. It was good.
1: Mm. Everything he made was good. We read here, uh, Revelation 12, that there was war in heaven. Mm-hmm. Satan and his angels were cast out, the serpent of old, the dragon called the devil. Then when we come to Ezekiel, this book in the Old Testament... Um, it's a story using symbolism for the city of Tyre. Um, but the Bible uses this symbol symbolism to give a picture of Satan mm-hmm. who when he was in heaven was called Lucifer. Yes. And you've read those verses. It says, you were the anointed cherub who covers. We'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. And talking of God, it says, I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth. In the midst of the fiery stones, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. So we first read there where God says, I established you. Mm-hmm. We've read also that you were perfect from the day you were created. So who created um, this angel, this perfect being? God. God. Clearly. Mm-hmm. And the Bible refers to him as Lucifer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. So Another word for iniquity is sin or wrongdoing or evil, right? Mm -hmm. Something that is
0: not perfect, obviously.
1: Yeah, so it's almost like someone is perfectly healthy Mm. and then at some point they develop Mm -hmm. uh, cancer. Yes. They were made perfect, but they develop cancer. Mm -hmm. We're told here he was perfect in all of his ways, from the day you were created until sin was found in you. Mm. So perfection also includes freedom of choice, right? Very true. I mean, um, God is a God. The Bible says God is love. Mm-hmm. And so what you've touched on, Ricardo, is, is really crucial because one of the, the big conversation points is that God created moral beings. Mm-hmm. God uh, created humanity to have a relationship with them which means you can't have a relationship a true relationship of love with a robot no you can't have a true relationship of love that's not that doesn't have the ability to reciprocate out of choice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when god made adam and eve he he told them to be fruitful and multiply he told them that there was one tree in the Garden of Eden, this perfect garden, mm-hmm. there was one tree that was the exit door, if you like, mm. to a relationship with him. He and, he, and he gave them lots of reasons to love him. He, he, well, he'd done everything for them. Mm. He gave them everything. It was mm. perfect. But God was essentially saying in um, in, in in Genesis chapter 2 and 3, particularly chapter 3, he was essentially saying, I love you, I want to have a relationship with you. I've made you as beings with the freedom of choice to choose to love or choose to not love because love can only be love if there is the choice to or not to. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to know whether someone really loves you or whether it's forced, correct? Yes. And if it's forced, it's not really love and there is no freedom of choice. So in that garden, God creates a tree called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If they ate from the tree of just the fruit, if they ate from the tree, if they ate of the fruit from just that one tree, the only tree that they could not eat from, they were essentially saying, by choosing to do so, they were essentially saying, I choose not to be in a relationship with you, God. I'm making mm-hmm. my own decision, my own choice. Mm-hmm. And that's why God warned them that in the day you eat of it, you'll surely die. Chapter 2. Because he loved them. Because he loved he them. warned them. He warned them, and it was only one tree. Mm. There were thousands of trees, maybe millions of trees they could eat from, but this one he says, Mm. no. This is the tree where if you choose your own way, you'll eat from this tree, Mm. and the relationship will be broken because you've chosen your own way. You've got freedom of choice. And that was how they had freedom of choice, if you like. Mm -hmm. So God gives humanity freedom of choice.
0: Yes. Now, some people get confused in when we get to this point because they say, no, that's not really freedom of choice because God is saying, if you, if you obey me, you will live forever. If you eat from that tree, if you don't obey me, you're going to die. So basically, he's not giving them an option because if you disobey me, you're going to die. But we need to look at this as, as a loving father warning his children not to do something be, that will cause them harm. It's like saying to, to your kids, uh, there's fire there. If you obey me and don't touch it, you'll be fine. You'll be safe. But if you disobey me, you'll suffer the consequences. So basically, God is life, and if people obey him, they will stay with him. That's life. But if we decide to walk away from him by disobeying him, we are walking away from life. So the, the consequence Wait, of that is which, death. Which is still a choice. Let's give one other example. I know we've got to go to a break. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Someone that smokes, Mm -hmm. right? Um, We know the chances of smoking advertising for cigarettes has been banned. Someone that smokes cigarettes, right? Just use that as an example. There could be many. Someone smokes cigarettes. There's warnings on the packet, presumably now, Mm -hmm. I think there is, Mm -hmm. that says, you know, um, smoking causes cancer, nicotine causes cancer. Very graphic pictures, right? Mm -hmm. Now, is anyone forcing them to... So smoke, it's a habit, it's an addiction, sadly, and many people that try to get off it, they struggle. But it's a choice someone makes, even though they know the warning label says uh, smoking causes cancer. Mm-hmm. Now, the likelihood then is of some serious sickness, further health impairments, or even death. Yes. The PAC says that when they buy it. Yes. But they have freedom of choice. Exactly. It's still
0: a choice. It's same with God, right? Exactly. Exactly. Very good. So um, before we go to uh, listen to some music, I would like to promote our giveaway book once again, because this is a, an amazing book that, I mean, who wouldn't like to be free from depression, from anxiety, from anger, from stress and guilt? Anyone. So the book that we would like to offer, the free offer is Finding Calm in Chaos of Life by Julian Melgosa. If you aim for a joyful, balanced life and wish to have total health, even in the imperfection of this world, then follow the suggestion of Jesus, who said in John fifteen four, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. The amazing things that happen when Jesus abides in us as we spend time with him uh, are priceless. A growing body of scientific evidence indicates that faith, prayer, hope, forgiveness... And trust are beneficial to our physical and emotional health. How do we get to forgive someone? How do we trust God? Well, Dr. Julian Melgosa uses biblical examples and personal illustrations to show how essential it is that we partner with Christ in order to be able to do these things. So we need to partner with Christ in dealing with the all-too-human experiences of depression, anger, guilt, and stress. Spending time with Jesus, being in intimate connection with him is the way to foster spiritual growth, well-being and happiness. Does this sound like something you would like to experience too? Then all you need to do is send a code that I will give you after the song. Send a code to the number 04888 and you'll get a free copy of Finding calm in chaos of life. I repeat the number is O four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. Let's come to some music and this is Nabil Peter. I see God.
3: Green. I've seen all the beauty that few have ever seen. My cup is overflowing. I am led by your staff and rod, and here in this moment. And here in this moment, I am walking beside still waters. I am lying in pastures green. I. That few have ever seen. Oh, my cup is overflowing. I am led by your staff and rock. And here in this moment.
0: I See God, I See God by Neville Peter. Uh, dear listeners, our giveaway for this week is the book Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life by Julian Melgoza. Uh, look, abiding or spending time in Jesus, being in intimate connection with him, is the way to foster spiritual growth, well-being and happiness. It is the way to deal with depression, anger, guilt and stress. If this is something that you would like to achieve, well I'll give you the code now. The code you need to text to the number O four triple eight eight oh eight eleven is SA two zero one. SA for South Australia two zero one. No spaces in between. Text that in to O four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. We would be delighted to send a copy, a free copy of this book to you. And I pray that you may be um, blessed by this book. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time BQ&A. This is Pastor Ricardo, your host for today. And joining me in the studio, I have Pastor David. And Pastor David is the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia. This week, we are exploring the theme, If God is all-loving and all-powerful, why doesn't he fix our world? Fair question, right? And the big question that we've been dealing with today is, Did God create Satan? Did God create Satan? Um, David, is, is he real or is he an invention? Yeah, look, we've already looked at
1: the fact that... Uh There is no evil, there is no darkness in God. Everything He made, Genesis 1, was good, and He created Mm -hmm. everything. But um, we go to Ezekiel 28 again. I'm going to read verse 15 through to 17. We've already read verse 15, but I'll read it again for context. Mm -hmm. talking of Lucifer, this being in heaven that later was called Satan. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. So God made everything good, including this being. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity or sin was found in you. Mm. Then it says, and it's using an analogy with the king of Tyre, it says, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you Mm. sinned. Mm. So obviously Lucifer, he sinned. Mm -hmm. Therefore I cast you out. As a profane thing out of the mountain of God Out of heaven And I destroyed mm. you, O covering cherub From the midst of the fiery stones Then it says in verse 17 Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty
2: mm-hmm.
1: You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor mm. So we have a bit of a clue here He was made perfect Your heart was lifted up because of your mm. beauty And you were corrupted because of your splendor mm-hmm. So there was something within And I'd call this pride Mm-hmm And pride is at the heart of all sin. Yes. What was it that was driving him to have pride and sin? And I think we're led to Isaiah chapter 14. And uh, Ricardo, if you could read Isaiah 14,
0: verses 12 to 14. 12 to 14, it says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning! How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nation's For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High.
1: This is challenging. Mm. We have uh, four or five times, I think it's five times we get five times in these verses. Yes. um, I will, I will, I will. Mm, full of pride. Full of pride, mm. full of self. He wants to um, ascend above the heights of the clouds. He wants to be like the Most High. He wants to be like God himself. And he used his freedom of choice. He used his freedom of choice. So even the, the angels in heaven have freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. In fact, it, it, we've already read in Revelation 12, 9, that he, there was mm-hmm. war in heaven and that his he and his angels were cast out of heaven. So, yes. The Bible in Revelation 12.4 tells us that he drew a third of the stars of heaven. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of symbolism in Revelation, and stars we read in Revelation chapter 1 uh, represent angels. That's right. So we know there are two-thirds of the angels that remained remained loyal to God, and Satan drew or deceived a third of them to follow him. Mm -hmm. In Isaiah 14, he wants to be like God, and he's a created being. Mm-hmm. So there was jealousy, there was pride, there was selfishness Desire for worship Do, and, and desire for worship Because the only being worthy of worship mm. The only person is God The creator mm. of all things That's made clear
2: throughout That's the Bible That's made
1: clear And Lucifer, Satan, wanted to receive worship That's why in Matthew chapter 4 We have the these three temptations and Satan says, "If you will fall down, fall down and worship me. Mm. <laughs> if you are the son of God, yes. you know," he says, "If you fall down and worship yes. me, I'll give you all of this." So he
0: showed his his
1: true colors there. He wants his mm. worship, and it's interesting, Ricardo. As we finish up here, uh, of all the commandments, only the fourth one reveals uh, the reason why we should worship God because mm. He's the Creator. Mm-hmm. The fourth commandment it reminds us that God is the creator of all things. The only one. Satan wants to obliterate the picture of God the creator Mm -hmm. so he can be worshipped. And that's why we have the theory of evolution. Mm -hmm. So... The Bible tells us, just in finishing, that Satan wants to deceive. If he deceived a third of the angels in heaven, Revelation 12 tells us his time is short. Mm-hmm. He wants to deceive as many people as he can because he knows he's doomed. Mm. He's on death row. He wants to destroy as many as he can, and he does that through deception. Mm-hmm. He'll do it through um, uh, trying to blame God for all suffering. Mm-hmm. Trying to fool people in that he doesn't exist. He does mm-hmm. it through the multitude of religions that exist. And that's why, Ricardo, we have to stick true to what the Bible says. Thy yes. word is truth.
0: That is exactly right.
1: That's the only safety. The Bible tells us in Revelation 20 that Satan and his angels will be destroyed in the lake of mm-hmm. fire. That's his
0: fate. That's mm-hmm. his fate.
1: Um, and Revelation 21 tells us that God will make a new heaven and a new earth without sin or suffering, sickness, mourning, Mm. crying, and dying.
0: Can't wait to see it.
1: So we need to stay true. Mm. We can stay true by following what the Scripture says, reading the Mm. Bible, praying to our Lord and Savior, asking the Holy Spirit to fill Mm. us and to guide us. And when we do
0: that, we're on solid ground. Right, so it's spending time with Jesus. So to answer the question, did God create Satan? God created a perfect being Mm. called
1: Lucifer. Uh, he was perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found in him, In him, mm. as we've read. There was some sort of pride. He was taken up with his own beauty and splendor, thought he was better than he was. And in Isaiah 14, he wanted to be mm-hmm. like God. I will, I will, I
0: will. Mm. So he became Satan, basically.
1: Through the freedom that he had as a being to choose.
0: Mm. Wow. Well, <laughs> a lot to learn from the Bible. We need to stay with Jesus because... Our enemy, the deceiver, is very, very, very powerful. Like a well. roaring lion. Like a roaring lion, exactly. So it looks like our time is up for today. Let's have a short prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, um, thank you for teaching us that you did not create Satan as such. You, you made a perfect being, uh, but with freedom of choice. Unfortunately, Lucifer chose to rebel against you, and now we see the consequences of walking away from you, Lord. We pray that you may help us not to do the same, uh, but instead to follow you, to be protected from this enemy, and one day when you make all things new, we will be um, enjoying what you had planned for all of us. Lord, we pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This was Pastor Ricardo and Pastor David. Please join us tomorrow for another Drive Time Big Q&A show. We will explore what Jesus said about the existence of evil. Until then, remember that the Bible says, for everything God created is good. First Timothy 4 verse 4. May God bless you richly. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.